This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Glory to God. We praise God for protection from desert heat. Hey, man. I told Robert Bitter 14 years, and I still don't like the hot desert heat. I like the desert and regular weather, but I sure don't like the heat. But glory to God for good air conditioner. That works, it's fixed, it does its job. Amen? Alright, how many are ready for what's, what, what, what's the series we're doing right now? Does anybody know? The gifts of what? The gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Ghost. And you know, as I think about, uh, what's going on right now, I, I just pray that everybody here is aware of the move of the Spirit that's starting to take place on the earth today. The Holy Spirit is getting ready to do some things that we've been waiting for for a long time again. Uh, we got we got an email today from a fellow pastor in town, talked about his church years ago, he pastored in Springsfield, Missouri, and the move of the Spirit there, and then God sent him to Barstow. And it sounds like my email, how the Spirit moved back to Indiana, that God sent me to Barstow. And so God is setting up things in Barstow and around our nation. Does anybody here besides me think that our nation needs God? And more than just a bunch of religious preachers that quote the Word of God that has no anointing? And more than just a, a bunch of Christians that are so caught up in their own life, their own little worlds, they don't ever uh, let Jesus use them to help anybody? I'll tell you what, when believers come to the place where the Holy Ghost starts using them, and they pray for people on the job, the people get slain in the Spirit and get healed, then you've got to move a God. Well, glory to God, I, I want to get to where I am up there, but the Lord just flashed one across my mind. Back in about 19... Probably 81. I had a friend that I was, I, I was, he and I were good sinners together before I got saved. I mean, we were just, we were good sinners. This guy was a pretty bad dude. He used to be a, a bouncer in a really, really bad tavern and he, he, he'd face people guns and I had to knock them out. I mean, he was really a bad dude. But anyway, uh, I got born again. And when I got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost in January of 1980, I was just an on fire Christian. So I just shared Jesus with everybody I could. And he confronted me one day. We clocked in the morning time, 8 o'clock, and in the bathroom, uh, washing my hands and getting ready for our job and stuff. Like, he walked up to me and he cussed me out. He said, keep your blankety, blankety, blank religion. Don't ever talk to me again. And so, you know, what did I say? <laughs> I don't have religion. I got Jesus, but, <laughs> you know, that's okay. So anyway, over the course of the next year, so many signs and wonders and miracles happened through me to people on the job that he heard about and heard about and heard about. One day we were in the break room, and this was, had to be 1981, lots of guys around, and he had a side business too. He owned several semi-tractors. He had his job that we worked at our company, plus he's also owner-operator, had several tractors. He hired drivers to drive for him, and he had a big diesel shop. And if you've ever been in a diesel shop, they have trucks in there. they got these little round things put on the pipes so that they don't fill up the smoke. goes outside and it's kind of loud. If you got two or three diesels inside the building running, it's kind of loud. So anyway, on the job this one day, I'm setting up the atmosphere where we were. I'm going, I don't usually do the details when I preach it like that. But he, on the job one day, with all the guys in, in the break room there, the guy that cussed me out and told me not to ever talk to him, says, Bernie, he says, uh, Jesus has really ruined your life, isn't he? Said something like that. I said, yeah. I said, his name was Howdy. We called him Howdy Duty. I said, yeah, Howdy. I said, he's really real. He said, uh, 
I hear these guys say that when you pray for people, Jesus heals them. Now, this is the guy, the bad dude that cussed me out, and he'd, he'd, he'd whip three or four guys. I mean, he's really a bad guy. He's really, he's really tough. So anyway, I said, yeah. I said, when I pray for people in the name of Jesus, he heals them. Well, then, the woman he's living with, he finally married her. But anyway, the woman he's living with was the secretary out the job there. He said, Dolores has... I forget what, I, I can't remember what it was. Some kind of disease she had since the little girl getting worse than she, you know, they, they were like in their 40s. And so something really serious she dealt with her whole life and said, and said, she's got that, said, said, would you pray for her sometime? I said, yeah, how do you tell me when and where? So anyway, I don't know when it was that day or the next day or whatever it was, I went down to his diesel shop. As I walked in the shop there, and his girlfriend comes out of the office, and there's, Trucks in there, three or four tractors. Some of them's running. So loud you can't hear yourself think. And I wasn't a preacher. I was one of you. I sat on that side. I come to church. My pastor preached. I heard the word. And my pastor said that the Bible says it, you can do it. If Jesus said it, it belongs to you. Well, I believed that. Everything you said, I believed it. And so I went into the shop there. And Dolores came out of the office. And all these mechanics are around. And I guess I kind of had a reputation. Because I did, everybody stopped working and looked at me. And Dolores come up, come up to me, and and I said, "Well, Dolores, I said, you want me to pray for you?" And she says, "Oh yes, please pray for me." And I raised my hand up like to pray for it. I didn't even touch her. Started getting slain in the spirit. Started falling over, and a couple of mechanics running like ushers to catch her. <laughs> and so she started going out, and they drug her back to the office, and sit her down in a chair, sit there. And the next day in the break room. He come back and told all the guys, you know, in the break room there. He said, Bertie healed Dolores. That Bertie did heal Dolores. I prayed in the name of Jesus. And the gift of healing kicked in. And God gave her a miracle. As far as I know, that woman kept it. And I'm going to say to the day she died, but I don't think she's dead because I went to Howdy's funeral two years ago. And she's still alive then. But the whole thing was what I'm telling you. Jesus wants to use you. To be a witness to these people out there. How many would like to pray for somebody on your job and see the power of God come down? They start to fall out. And especially somebody that's been anti-God, anti-Jesus to you and didn't like you. But then they start get hearing the word coming to them that Jesus uses Frank and people get healed. Jesus uses Dave and people get healed. I know Dave, that already works in Dave's life. We know that. But in your lives... How would you like to have that where your reputation gets out there where people know that God used you? I want to tell you what, after that, Howdy got born again and become a deacon in the Assembly of God Church till the day he died. <laughs> you know why that happened? Because a believer, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not lifting up me at all. It's Jesus and the Word of God. And all I did simply did what the Bible said to do. I did what Jesus said to do. And then not just regular healing, but the gift of healing came in and set that lady free. And then you get a man and woman then born again in the Assembly of God Church for the next 30 years. And he's in heaven now. But God used him. That's what we're talking about, the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, some of you really still don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You know, you hear me saying these words, but you've never been around it, haven't heard it. And then some of you have been around it. It happened years ago. But we haven't seen it for a long time. But God is setting us up right now. And so this pastor in Barstow uh, sent that email out to some, some church leaders. And talk about that, how God started to move in his church here in town. It said, we haven't seen that since Missouri. And there's a move starting. And it's starting here too. 
But he said the same thing that email of what I know. He said the people have to be taught from the Word of God what's going on. Have to be taught how to reverence God. Have to be taught how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And so there's, a, there's an expression I use sometimes. And, you know, Jesus, if, if you read the Gospel much in Matthew, it says Jesus cried over Jerusalem. It said you didn't recognize the time of your visitation. Jesus come to Jerusalem and Jerusalem crucified Jesus. They wanted to stone him. The same ones, the same ones that said, blessed is he that cometh the name of the Lord are the same ones that ended up saying, crucify him. They didn't recognize what was going on. So I'm praying for our church that we will recognize this is not just church as usual. This is not just business as usual. And you know, just if you got sin in your life, it's a good time to start cleaning up. It's a good time to start taking communion seriously. You know, if you're still watching things you shouldn't watch, it's a good time to go through your library, clean some things out. It's a good time to get cleaned up because God won't use an unholy vessel. Amen. He wants to use people that are clean anyway. That's that's not the notes, but I had to share those things there because I forgot all about that story till he flashed it to me. But I, what my whole point was, you're a believer, you're not a preacher. So the gifts aren't just for preachers, they're for believers. Amen. But he does use preachers in it more because we're in a public place up here where he wants to do more at a larger scale. But I want you to open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to show you some books in just a second. Heather, go ahead and flash, flash up this one right here. I want to show you these books we got in the bookstore. And I really suggest that you buy some of these. You know, they don't cost any more than what a half of a Del, uh, Del Taco uh, combo would cost. You know, just just take the Coke and fries off your combo and eat, and, and eat a couple tacos. Have you got money for a book if you don't think you have the money? But uh, if I was in, if I was in Indiana, I'd say they cost more than a uh, cost the same as a White Castle combo. But we don't have White Castle here. You know, White Castle's the big thing back there, not Del Taco. But anyway, this one's yet. Yeah, this pastor said yet. Yeah. This is called Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and this was actually set up for a small study group. It's got lots of good little lessons in it. But they got a lot of what I'm teaching in this book right here, Gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have a lot of copies of that back there, and. Uh, Although I've operated a lot of these, Brother Hagin, this manual right here. I'm studying this manual again fresh right now. It's called The Holy Spirit and His Gifts. This is the only one we got left, but going to have Melinda order some more. They know you're going to be buying some of them. But if you're really hungry and you want supplemental study, uh, in addition to what I'm teaching you right here, well, you always listen to the podcast. But these books are back there. And these books is what helped me make me what I am today as a man of God, studying these very books and then putting into practice what I heard. But anyway, I really recommend those books out of the bookstore. The other ones by Brother Hagin on the Holy Spirit. But the Word of God is what I want to major on. And there's, there's so much to say, but I want to say this, just get this. I taught last week on speaking in tongues from the Bible. How many were here last week? It's in the Bible. And so I looked at one of my old Bibles this morning. But I saw a note I put there years ago because, you know, there's some people that are against tongues and, and, and don't think they're God. They're in the Bible. But Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. As we can see, Paul was a tongue talker. And in 1 Corinthians, he starts off in the, in the first chapter saying, said, you guys come behind no gifts. said, you guys operated all the gifts. And so what Paul was doing, 
He was a tongue talker, talking to tongue talkers to clarify them how they work. And so I my Bible, I would a whole lot rather listen to a tongue talker that talks about them in the Bible than a non-tongue talker that doesn't believe in them try to tell me why they're not real. Amen. So I don't have time to have some non-believing preacher or anybody else tell me something's in the Bible's not for me. Amen. And most of those guys are the same ones that will tell you healing's not for the day. That God doesn't do that anymore. That passed away with the apostles. Well, that's good news because the last apostle's not dead yet. We still got him. No better preaching than you are shouting. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you ignorant. Now, I want you to look at chapter 14, verse 1 also, because I, I, I keep showing these two verses, but they're really important to see them. He doesn't want us ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And then he says here, follow after charity or love and what desire spiritual gifts and rather that you may prophesy. He said, not only we're we not supposed to be ignorant about them, but we're supposed to desire and pray and ask the Lord to use us individually in spiritual gifts. I mean, we want them in the church. We want the pastors and other people that are up here to flow in spiritual gifts. But you're supposed to desire to flow in spiritual gifts yourself. You know, sometimes in church. But really, God could use you anywhere, anytime in spiritual gifts. And things to note, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit because he said don't be ignorant of them. And then number two, spirit-filled believers are supposed to learn about them so you're not, so you're not ignorant. And they're just supposed to pray and ask the Lord, use me, Lord. Lord, I want to be used in spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts. But especially they may prophesy. And we're going to be looking at some things tonight and go through this uh, chapter 12, verse by verse for a few verses. But as we were worshiping the Lord, I, I was seeing some things that I hadn't really thought about before. And the Lord does, spirit-filled preachers that are old will use us more than they will believers because we're up here. And we can do more up here with the gifts to help a lot of people at one time than what you can one-on-ones be what you're the one-on-ones. But I realized, as we was worshiping God, He's consistently used me publicly in front of the congregation of the Word of Knowledge. The Word of Knowledge is God telling you something about what's going on right now. God knows right now everybody that's in this church. He knows what's <clears throat> bothering everybody in this church. And the Lord, I'll be worshiping God on a Sunday morning especially, and the Lord will say, I want to heal people's stomach problems. And so I'll... I'll sit on that worshiping God. I'll be thinking, first thought that comes, just like you, what if this is me and this is not God? And I say, God will tell people's stomach problems. Nobody comes up. But I've been doing it long enough now, I don't even entertain that thought. Because all I know is this, that when I call it out, if there's people's stomach problems, they choose to be too bashful to come up, that's their problem, not mine. Because if God called it out, He's got them. But what's always never ceased to amaze me and anybody's been going to for any length of time and all knows on Sunday mornings, normally if I call something out, I get 25 people up here. And I call out some weird things sometimes. There's people out here, I'll say, that your wrist is really hurting. You can't hardly use your wrist. I, I, I think it might be your right wrist, but you're having wrist problems. And I'll just close my eyes and open them up like, I have people. I thought, wow, that many people have problems with the wrist? Well, that's a gift the Spirit called the Word of Knowledge. And so then when we pray for them, 
then gifts of healings work. And that's God supernaturally speeding up the healing process or healing something the doctor said could never be cured. And so the gifts of healings begin to operate. And then he has consistently used me publicly in the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy is to speak unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. I mean, that, that happens up here all the time, and, and several of you are used in prophecy. You'll be up here, and Mrs. Pastor, or somebody else that's up here in the public position, will begin to exhort people. Say, say something, prophecy about something like this. Raise your hands, look up to heaven. Help's on the way. God's doing it. Don't be down. Praise the Lord. The good things is happening. If He did it once, He'll do it again. Well, that's the gift of prophecy at operation, because it's, it's not just a cheerleader. There's an anointing on it. When the anointing comes on, there'll be people totally depressed, lip dragging the ground, tripping over the lip because they're so dejected. And all of a sudden, man, because the anointing and that gift of prophecy operate, man, they're jumping, shouting, praising the Lord, and just got their hands up. They leave here on cloud nine because the gift of prophecy is in operation. And he's used me in the word of wisdom on occasion. That's telling some things about the future. I know I've, I've had a word of wisdom people for about jobs and things. I forgot all about it because it happened. I said it. And the next thing I know, they come back in. Pastor, remember what you said three weeks ago? I said, I can't even remember what I ate three weeks ago. You know, I, I, I don't know what I said to my wife three weeks ago. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I'll say, and I'll say, well, no, I have no idea what I said three weeks ago. Well, you told me, you told me that job was at the door. And guess what? This week, Pastor, they called me and I got the job. Well, see, that wasn't something my head knew. That's a gift of the Spirit called Word of Wisdom. And that's not wisdom you learn from a book. Word of Wisdom is God telling you something about the future. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So these gifts of the Spirit are supernatural things. And God has those for all believers. But He's not going to force anything on anybody. Number one, He doesn't want you ignorant. He wants you to learn. And why does He want you to learn? Well, how many know that people that don't know what the Bible says can get into error? And you get into error, you get into trouble. And people that don't understand how these works, they'll be walking up to you and prophesy to you and tell you, you're supposed to marry so-and-so. One of the most miserable marriages I ever saw in my life was a couple Baptist people back in Indiana. They were a really nice family, but the husband and wife had never had a relationship as far as a loving relationship. And one day she opened up to us, said she got around some spirit-filled people and some so-called prophet called her out and told her she's supposed to marry this guy. They didn't hardly know each other. So because they thought that's a gift of the Spirit, that's God talking, they got married to each other, but they never did really like each other, but they stayed married to each other because they thought God told them to. That's why God wants you to not be ignorant. God wants you to know how to walk with the Holy Ghost and how to sit on something if you're not sure, but not go around destroying people's lives. I'm going to say it again. He said, don't be ignorant, because if you're ignorant, you might hurt people. Amen. And if you knew this kind of stuff, you really don't know what I'm talking about right now, but you're going to get it because God's going to start moving in your life and in this church. So anyway, I want to start going through 1 Corinthians 12. And we'll go a little ways through here. But because this is really serious that we get this, I'm just going to take my time and go as long as I need to. How many weeks? I've done not tonight how much time but however long it takes to really do justice to what God's wanting to talk about I'm going to do because 
We're in a move of God this year. How many know we're having worship services at least once a month now on a Sunday night? That's prepared us for the move. We're having serious prayer meetings on Sunday nights, preparing us for the move. And things are happening. So anyway, uh, verse uh, ch- chapter 12, verse 1, don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Well, the only care for ignorance is knowledge, Bible knowledge. And so then verse 2, he's talking to these spirit-filled believers in Corinth, and he's, he's getting them corrected and straightened up about how to walk with the Holy Ghost. And so he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, even as you were led. And that dumb idols is silent idols. How many know that, I know there's a lot of politically correct things we don't say right now, so this is probably not a politically correct, but, but they used to call somebody uh, uh, deaf and dumb. And deaf and dumb wasn't a bad thing. That's the word they used to use for, for people that uh, couldn't talk. It was called being mute. And so talking here about these silent idols, these dumb idols, said these idols don't talk. The little statues, trinkets. And as I was looking at that, he's getting ready to tell them about spiritual gifts. But he says, remember this, at one time you were a Gentile, you were a non-covenant person. How many here, because I want you to understand what we're looking at here. How many here have not always been saved? At some point in time you were a sinner, you didn't belong to Jesus. You know what you were then? You were an unsaved, uncovenant person then. And when you don't know Jesus, you don't know fornication's wrong. Unless you was raised in a really good family and you knew it was wrong, but you just did it. Then if you don't, if you don't belong to Jesus, you don't know getting high is wrong. If you don't belong to Jesus, you think it's okay to steal if you don't get caught. You think it's okay to lie if you think it's justified in your mind. You think it's okay to get even and not forgive. In other words, all the things that sinners do because they don't know Jesus. That's why he said you used to do this. And then he said you used to worship dumb idols. And I want to tell you something. As, as I was looking at this t- today, I realized, or not today, actually, I was put together this week, that there's so many Christians today that they can have the Holy Ghost show them how to live, Holy Ghost to show them who to marry, Holy Ghost show them what job they're supposed to have, Holy Ghost show them about the friends their kids are hanging out with, Holy Ghost to show them about what car not to buy, what car to buy. So many things in life he wants to show you, but Christians today are still worshiping dumb idols. You know what they are? Facebook. If I get a thousand likes, I'm going to buy this car. Can somebody tell me about this over here? You all tell me about what this is. Somebody uh, message me, hun, tell me. Don't you think the Holy Ghost would rather tell you? He'd rather help you? Well, how about, how about a rabbit's foot? How about a horoscope? Somebody said, well, what's the matter with a horoscope? I've always done my horoscope. A horoscope is a counterfeit of the gifts of the Spirit from the devil. How about a Ouija board? How about tarot cards? I don't know what all's out there, but all those different things I'm talking about are from the devil's side, not the God side. And all they are to do is deceive people in life and lead them down the wrong road of life. Message. Somebody said, don't you believe in those? I know they're real. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Ghost of Jesus. But I don't deny there's a dark side out there too. And there are spiritual things out there on the devil's side that will lead people wrong very much so. Ouija boards definitely have a demon spirit to flow with them. 
Horoscopes have a demon spirit that will go with if you want it. If you believe in it, the devil will blind you. And so what I'm saying is this. The very thing that Paul warned these guys about then, preachers, they need to warn you about now. At one point in time, I'm just going to say this paraphrase in Paul's talk. At one point in time, you were unsaved people. You were sinners, you didn't belong to God, you didn't know any better than do horoscopes. You didn't know any better to do Ouija boards. You didn't know any better to have your lucky charm. What's your lucky charm? It might be your rabbit's foot. It might be something somebody gave you and said, this came from ten buck two, and it's, 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 got, it's, it's got blessing on it. It's got demons with it. There's things out there that you don't know, but that's what he talked about, dumb idols. And when I was in, uh, in Bible school, Back in the early 80s, Lester Summerall, Dr. Summerall was one of my teachers. And by the time he was probably 35 years old, he'd already been, been an apostle in over 100 countries of the world. He started, he started preaching when he was 16 years old. And God sent him around the world. And he said what that meant this, he said, he said he saw them in these third world nations overseas. They people had these idols and there were demon spirits. He actually got to see the realm of the spirit that demon spirits hung out these idols. So these people bowed, bowed a I'm not going to say Baal. Baal's one of them in the Bible. But, but people bow to these Buddhas and all these things. There's demon spirits with those things. So the people were submitting to those demon spirits. And you don't know it, or, you don't know it if you were not educated in the Word of God yet. But these things, are you're wanting for luck. It might be time to pray to see what to do about those things. You know, do you want the Holy Ghost? That for sure shows you. Or you want a chance luck? Amen. Well, we're teaching you because Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. So he says, at one time, you were unsaved, following after dumb idols. And so people that don't know Jesus, that's where they are. But you know Jesus now. And how many, since you know Jesus, decide you want to give up cussing? I hope you all did. I gave up cussing when I got saved. When I, when I got saved, I gave up drinking. Now, I know modern modern American Christianity teaches the smoking dope and drinking and all that stuff. Okay, it's still not okay. He said, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And he said, if any man defile the temple, him will God destroy. Somebody says, what does that mean? I don't want to find out. The Bible says you defile the temple, and it's already proven by medical science what alcohol does to the brain, what it does to the liver. It's already proven what cigarette smoke does to lungs, to your, does to everything about you. Somebody said, yeah, but marijuana is legal now. They can't smoke cigarettes in public buildings. They smoke smoke, though. What the smoke? Where's all these collective direct people on that with it? I mean, they don't want you to smoke cigarettes at a restaurant. You can smoke marijuana because it's good for your health. What I'm saying is this. When I got born again, there was things that on the inside of me by the Holy Ghost I knew, I don't want to do that anymore because it's not good for me. So I quit doing it. What was I doing? I was letting the Holy Ghost sanctify me. What does sanctify mean? Let him clean me up. And maybe that's one reason why God used me as a young believer for all those things he did is because he knew I wasn't playing games. Amen. Has this helped anybody? Well, we sure wanted to. Now look at verse 3. He says, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking 
by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And so what this simply says, the way we can understand is this, it simply says when the Holy Spirit is using someone, he's always going to lift up the Lordship of Jesus over everything else and make Jesus look good. He's never ever, Holy Ghost is never ever going to lift up the man or woman being used to make them look good. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, preachers that have spectacular ministries, but the preachers have those spectacular ministries that have been used by God. You never think about the preacher. You just see the results. And, uh, I'm going to talk about some other ministries just a minute in a good way. But the thing is, when you, if you see a person up there that razzles you and dazzles you, and when you leave there, all you think about, ooh, isn't he something? Well, guess what? That wasn't the right spirit then. Because the Holy Spirit's never going to say, man, ain't that preacher something? You leave there, you're going to be so awed by the presence of Jesus, you're going to say, wow, Jesus was in that service. And so that's what this verse is saying. When it's gifts of the Holy Spirit in manifestation, it'll always lift up the fact that Jesus is Lord over death. Jesus is Lord over poverty. Jesus is Lord over the children. Jesus is Lord over your job. Jesus is Lord over depression. Jesus is Lord. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit ministered on, when it's all said and done, you're going to know Jesus took care of that. It's not going to, man, I want to give that preacher a big offering, man. That preacher's something. Man, if you're around a place like that, and that's all you think about giving the preacher money because how great the preacher is, you better run out the door quick. How many, how many know the sheep get pleased? Amen. That's what's happened there. So then verse 4, and we're going through this chapter verse by verse because Paul said he doesn't want you to be ignorant. So he's teaching you verse by verse about the gifts of the Spirit. Then verse 4 he says, there are diversities of gifts with the same Spirit. Diversities. That means various kinds, different kinds of gifts which we're going to look at because Paul's going to get get into them in verses 8 through 10. But he said there's different kinds of gifts. But it's all the same Spirit. It's all the Holy Ghost. And then he gets into verse 5. He says there are differences of administrations. That means ministries. Different kinds of ministries. But it's the same Lord. And so there's many types of styles of ministries. And while I was writing things down, I got to thinking about, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't watch a lot of television about what all's going out there today, but I know that over the years going by, the preachers I've known, the preachers I've personally been in their meetings and, and watched, I think about Benny Hinn. Man, I've never seen one like Benny Hinn. But Benny Hinn is a different ministry. Same spirit. Benny Hinn and Benny Hinn's ministry, man, I've seen so many thousands and thousands of people get healed, but that's how God uses him. And God uses him the style he uses him the way he does, because that's how God chose to do it, and that's instance. How many here have been in Dr. Barclay meetings here or down in San Diego? Well, you know, I haven't seen anybody like Dr. Barclay either. Dr. Barclay flows in a different realm than anybody I've ever seen. He's a different kind of man, the way he ministers, but it's the same spirit. It says difference of ministry, but the same spirit. How many have ever been in a Kenneth Copeland meeting? Different ministry, but the same spirit. Brother Hagin. And whoever else you think of that, that you've been around where God uses them. See, this is what God wants you to know, that we cannot judge a minister compared to another minister and say, why don't he do it this way? Well, this is telling you why, because the Spirit of God's not doing it that way with him. And that's why we as Christians, 
and especially ministers, we can't try to copycat somebody else. I don't think there's been a Sunday or a service that I've been in here since I've been in California, because that's where I was in Indiana, same way I'm here. Before I ever get here, I'm praying. I said, Lord, is there anybody you want to call out tonight? Anything special you want to do? We're up here worshiping God. And I'm praying, Lord, is there anybody? Show me their face. Is there anything you want to call out, Lord? Show me. But because it's the Holy Spirit that does it, I am not going to cross the line and say, all right, I want to call out hurting people. Man, half the church come up. <laughs> I mean, how many at some point in time is not hurting? You're, sometimes you're hurting over relationships. Sometimes you're hurting over health problems. Sometimes you're hurting because of money problems. Sometimes you're hurting because of family problems. So, I mean, that, 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 that's a no-brainer. Any preacher can call that and say, everybody here that's hurting today, come up here. I don't do that phony stuff, man. If, if God gives me something, because I'm mature, I'm a seasoned preacher, been around for a while, I know when something comes to me from the Lord what to call out. And so that's my style. I just go easy. I'm not flamboyant. And something else that I don't do, I don't know if you've ever been around stuff like this. On the day that uh, Mrs. Pastor and I got married, actually it was the next day of Sunday, we, we left Indianapolis where we got married at went up to Dr. Summerall's for a camp meeting. He had a lot of the big guys of the day up there. And one of the most well-renowned preachers, he was from California. Well, we was in the Sunday night service, and we was a blessing prayed over our marriage. Dr. Summerall prayed for us in the morning time. And so she and I, we just got married on Saturday. Here it is Sunday. We stepped up there. And I wasn't used to this, what this guy did. I never gave him a second chance. I was in a lot of his services, but I never let him do it again. Closed our eyes. Man, guy walked up, he got home, he pushed me as hard as he could, about broke my neck and pushed me down to the floor. I laid down there, man, wasn't any spirit there at all. I looked over, and she was laying beside me. I said, he knocked me down. She said, he knocked me down too. <laughs> and so, since that day, when I pray for people, I, 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 I made a deal with God, if that's what you want to call it. I said, Lord, I'll never shove one down. I said, I'll touch them with my fingertips. And if the power of God comes on, they go down, that's fine. But I don't have to prove to anybody that God's using me. I said, how many people I can line up on the floor? And I've watched preachers like that since then. And when they come to my church, they only come one time. They never get a second time back. I actually saw one preacher that came to my church. I thought he was going to break the old people's necks. He wasn't going to fall so bad. He had his hands on their necks. And the necks went like that, trying to make them go down. And all I wanted to do, if I wasn't an anointed guy... Walking in love and walk up there. I'm not a fighter, but all I want to do is go up there and go, how's it feel? <laughs> I don't want to see old people get hurt in my church. I don't want to see anybody get hurt in my church. And so what I'm saying is different ministrations, in some ministries, a lot of people fall because it's God. In some ministries, not very many people fall. And I know in my, in my ministry over the years, I've had times where a lot of people fall. I've had times when nobody falls. I thought, will somebody please fall? But, you know, you just, you look for that. What I've said is there's different administrations, and some people have that anointing that causes the power of God so strong in people to happen. That's fine. But you know what? I've had so many miracles in this church since we've been here of nobody falling. They fall on occasion. But we've had, uh, like, who was it a couple of weeks ago? Somebody come up here. Oh, it was Henry. Teaching on this a couple weeks ago, and Henry came up here and 
got, got, got a need supernaturally healed right up here as he stood right here. I've had people come up here with cancers and things like that. They come back two weeks later. They've got their doctor's appointment with back to the doctor. All the x-rays, all the tests, nothing there, nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. Nobody fell. I didn't feel anything happen. But just God just did it. And that's fine. You know, it might be another church pastor pray for somebody like that. Man, they, they might do flip-flops backwards and end up two rows back. They're there on the ground. He said it's different ministries, different operations. God does the different things. And so we as believers, if we're not going to be ignorant of spiritual gifts, you can't, you, okay, I guess the Holy Ghost, here's what he's coming to. You can't judge a ministry as being anointed because 50 people laying down there if the guy knocked them out. Man, he's really annoyed. Look at all the people laying down there. Well, they either had to get a broken neck or go down. Well, I don't think there's any in this church at all. Nobody ever falls in this church. But how many miracles happen in this church because people come back and tell what happened to them? And they leave the line and they say, wow, I could hear. I could hear my ear opened up. Wow, I can see the clock. My eyes are healed. Those things, you know what I'm saying? So we, we, we can't judge by outward manifestations. And what's the purpose Paul's doing again? So we won't be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And so I think about Joyce Myers. I mean, woman mightily used of God. I'll tell you what, God definitely broke the bow, but he made Joyce. But there's one Joyce. Aren't you glad we're not clones? We're different. But as he says here, says it's different ministration, but the same Lord and the diversities of operations, but the same God which worketh all in all. And so, uh, some are used in the word wisdom, say it in the future, and some are used in the gift of prophecy a lot, and some with great words of encouragement. But if you ever wondered why all Holy Ghost preachers don't minister the same, now you've got your answer, because the Holy Ghost chooses who He wants to use, and how He wants to use them, and quit judging by what you see or what you don't see. And because you've got the same Holy Ghost in you, the way I know the Holy Ghost in a service is not so much by what I see or hear, but what I know right here. I know right here on the inside of me with the Holy Ghost in a service. And sometimes when the glory of God's a great manifestation of the service, you will feel goosebumps. The hair will stand up on your neck. But that's really, really, really a strong presence of God. That happens because whatever the glory of God comes in contact with human flesh, human flesh can hardly stand it. And things happen. But that doesn't happen a whole lot. But we're expecting it to happen more and more. More and more and more and more. And so we as spirit-filled believers, number one, we need not to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. And the only way you're going to learn about spiritual gifts is from the Bible. As we study them in the Bible. And then number two, recognize that just because this one doesn't minister like this one, what's the results? Are the results people's lives got changed. People turned to Jesus. And when you left there, all you thought was, wow, Jesus was in our service tonight. Jesus was in our service this morning. When you leave a service, whether you felt a goosebump or not, when you leave a service and people's lives got changed for the better, and you don't even remember the preacher's name, but you remember Jesus, then guess what? You were in a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled service. Somebody can clap if they want to.
And so I, I, I want to I, I want to look at verse seven. But he says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And the Greek says to profit all. In other words, that everybody, the manifestation is given to profit everybody. And so Paul was making the distinction here that gifts of the spirit aren't gifts of the sense that any individual believer owns and operates in them. So this is my gift. I can use it when I want to. The gifts are the gifts of the Holy Ghost, not the gifts of the man or the woman. And so when he wants to manifest himself, it's because that's what he wants to do for that service or that situation. I think about when me and Mrs. Pastor years ago, before we were pastors, we used to go door to door and pray for people. Sometimes when we did that, God would give us a word of knowledge to see some things about their lives to help them. And then we'd operate it. And of course, we as pastors, he's done it more. But anyway, the gifts is when God wants to. He didn't do that at every house. We did it at some houses. We wanted, to, we wanted to hear something about every house. Every time one of you come into the prayer line, I pray for you about serious problems. I want to hear something from God. But if I don't hear anything, I can pray the word. The word always works. And see, this will help you. He wants you to desire spiritual gifts. But if something doesn't happen, don't make it happen. Pray the word. Tell them what the Bible says. Don't tell them, well, thus saith the Lord. If you don't know it's thus saith the Lord. You, you know what you can say? You know what? I'm thinking about the scripture. In Mark 16, it says, lay hands sick, they shall recover. As I'm going to lay hands on you, and then you give the word of the Lord. And Jesus said, you shall recover. And what are you doing? You're not stepping out into something that's beyond the word. But if he gives you a word, that you can speak it, but that's how it works. And so anyway, the gifts of the Holy Ghost manifested through individual believers as the Spirit of God wills is up to God. And so the gifts of the Spirit aren't just given for the individual, but they're given in order to profit, to profit the body, to profit the whole. And I, I just want to quickly go through this again. We did the first week three weeks ago that some of you might have fell asleep while we were doing it, or you probably forgot this. If I want to read through these, just give you a brief little bit on them. Okay, so he says, verse 8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And he looked out at verse 10, where it says discerning the spirits. Well, those three, those three gifts there are what we call revelation gifts. They reveal something. They show something. The word of knowledge shows you something going on at the time. God knows everything, everywhere, what's going on. I think about King Saul, what he was called. He lost, he lost his, he lost his, uh, father, his, his, his father's donkeys. And when the prophet called him to anoint him, he said, by the way, the donkey's over such, such a place. Well, the prophet didn't even know he lost the donkeys, but God said, that's where the donkeys are. That, that's, that, 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 that's a word of knowledge. And then I think about, I think about Paul. How many know about, Saul of Tarsus, when God, when he went, went down on the road to Damascus, he was blind for a season. Well, then God talked to a man named Ananias, and he said, hey, there's a man named Paul. He's over there praying. Well, God knew everybody prayed in Jerusalem. He didn't tell Ananias about everybody praying. He said, over on Straight Street, you're going to find a man praying. See, God knows what's going on, and God will give us a word for the one thing he wants us to know when it's going on, but it's to help people. And then the word of wisdom is talking about the future. You know, 
And for the word of wisdom, that's God showing you something that he wants you to know or he wants you to share with somebody else to help them with their future for the plan and purpose of God. And then discerning a spirit's another revelation gift that reveals something, that shows something, where you see something. It's not, I said this before, I want to say it again, because if you haven't been around church, you don't think goofy. If you've been around church a long time, you may have heard this taught wrong. It doesn't say the gift of discernment. You notice it says discerning of spirits. Well, every Christian should be able to discern things. If you got the Holy Spirit, you ought to be able to discern if somebody's lying to you. You ought to be able to discern when everybody else says somebody's a bad person, that they're really not. They've been lied on that in my heart. I discern they're really good. That's not a gift. It's just a witness of the Spirit. But the discerning of spirits, discern means to see. And discerning the spirits means to see into the realm of the spirit. And what do you see? Well, what's in the spirit realm? Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, angels, demons, the things of the spirit realm. And sometimes, sometimes when somebody's going through something, can't figure out the answer, Lord, open your eyes, you'll see a demon right there. And say, I rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus. Get off of her, get off of him right now, because that's a gift of the Spirit to profit them, to help them life be better. Some people fight the same thing over and over and over and over again. But the gifts of the Spirit kick in, you help them win the battle. Oh, out of time. We'll get more next week. Let me give you one more example of the word of knowledge, how it works in that area there. When we were knocking on doors up in Noblesville, Indiana, knocking this old woman's story, door. Long story short, uh, she was a Christian. Been too messed up to go to church because of physical things. She'd had a stroke. She was paralyzed on one side, blind in one eye, and uh, having a really rough time. So she said she was praying the Lord would send somebody to pray for her because the church people kind of let loose her and wasn't paying attention to her anymore. So we knocked on the door, went in and talked to her, and I went to lay hands on her. And the Holy Ghost said, this is a word of knowledge, said, don't pray for her. She doesn't need healed. Said it's the spirit of infirmity. Well, I knew from Luke 13, the spirit of infirmity is what a woman had there. And Jesus said, loose her and let her go until the devil let loose of her. And the woman received healing. So I said, hey, I'm not supposed to pray for you. I was backed up. A word of knowledge. I pointed at her. And I said, you spirit of infirmity, loose her and let her go. And what I did, she started crying and shaking. And she said, I'm tingling all over. Oh, I can feel. And her side loosened up and she got healed. And so then the eye the on that side that was blind, I had a little bit of New Testament. Even Mrs. Pastor Young said she couldn't see the words on it. So I opened up my Bible and I covered up the eye that she had me see it. I said, can you read these verses? The woman read them perfectly. But the whole thing was, see, if it wasn't for gifts of the Spirit, how many people could have prayed for healing would have never came? Because it was an evil spirit. Amen, amen. We probably better close this down. How many want to come back next week for more? We'll get into more next week. How many want to be used by God in these gifts? Amen. You want to know about them, want to be used in them. And so all I just encourage you, buy those books out of the bookstore. They'll help you look at books, listen to this online. Go on YouTube, listen to Brother Hagin, teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Keep on coming back. But the main thing is, God is setting us up to do some big things. He doesn't want to make it uh, the preacher's show. He wants to be the Holy Ghost show using believers. All of us. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.